Indeed, it is the Lover and the Fighter podcast, free and for the people. I would be Brother Love, J to the C. That would be Fighter, DT, Dean Thomas, the UFC's king of all media. And as I mentioned, this one is free for the public. Remember, the bonus premium content at UFCFightPass.com. Welcome back from Phoenix. You guys seem to have a lot of fun. You love that city. You, you love that downtown. Man, I love the downtown area. I went to a baseball game. I was able to walk to the baseball game. From the hotel. So everything is right in the area. Now, who did you go to the baseball game with? Because I know you didn't pay attention to one damn moment. No, no. One I, pitch. No, I, I paid attention to the you said you didn't entire even watch, game. You said you didn't watch any of the game. Well, you trying to blow my spot. <laughs> who, who, who? I went I went with Kelly Murphy. Uh, she from, produces my serious show. Is she a baseball fan? She's a baseball fan. All right. Yeah, she is on the Sirius XM side right. of the radio stuff. Um, That's a beautiful downtown. You said it's convenient. Everything's close. When it's that hot, you got to have stuff close. Yeah, everything's so close. Walk. And but. It was a night game, so it wasn't even hot at the game, so it was perfect. Yeah. How was that crowd in Phoenix? It's been a little bit. Uh, they they sounded like they were into it. They don't show up like they do in small towns where there's nothing to do. Right. We all know that. Like like Columbus or Rochester, New York, everybody's in their seats for the first fight. Yeah, it took them a while before it filled up because there is some, some you know, little recreation around the area. I would call, but I would when it did fill up, it filled up. I mean, the Western Conference semifinals, yeah. otherwise known as the Phoenix Suns, yeah. the number one team in basketball. So that's the big local story. But uh, overall, the uh, fight card had its moments with a little bit of shock and surprise, a little bit, and not as much like results as much as how they happened, mm-hmm. like later on into the card. But um, uh, your boy, uh, first of all, we got to say congratulations because DC, Daniel Cormier, was announced that he's going into the Hall of Fame. And I know you're going to tell us a story between the two of you, a very like, wow, kind of mind-blowing story. Um, over at UFC Fight Pass on the premium content. People can get that at UFCFightPass.com by subscribing. But um, I know you're happy for your boy that he is now going to be enshrined forevermore in the UFC Hall of Fame. Of course. Like, how could you not be? Like, I've always said it was long overdue. And and I think we've said it before. Is Well, no, not really long overdue. I mean, for me, it was <laughs> like the right time right. for you was right. long overdue. Yeah. But we've said it before. Like, to me, he is to MMA what Shaq is to basketball. Like, really? He, yeah, he is that guy. And he deserves everything that he gets and and more. I mean, this guy is beloved, and he's and everyone loves him, and, and he deserves to be that's, in the Hall of Fame. That's a pretty good analogy as far as player who is respected, who is a champion, who then is an entertaining broadcaster, who has personality and willing to show it beyond just X's and O's. Yeah. Is that how you're summing that and up? That's the Shaq comparison? Yes, and perfect. And he's not afraid to fall in front of people. Uh, th- which is, yeah. I know you're a big fan of getting comfortable being uncomfortable. Right. Speaking of Shaq, what is it like to have him laying on top of your body? With all of his body weight, what is that like? Because you're one of you know a few that have actually experienced Shaq laying on top of you. It feels with all like his body weight. it feels like being buried alive. Gotcha. Yeah. And then what about when you guys are training and fighting? See, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kidding, of course. Um, you coached him a little jujitsu for Shaq Life with Roy Carf. Yeah, and he's man, he's such a like jujitsu doesn't really work against him because like his body type he's is not built for big like doing moves on it. yeah <laughs> he's just luck. yeah it's good luck it's like trying to grab here and here like you, it just doesn't work it's like trying to saw down a tree with uh, scissors yes yeah it, for sure it like i guess work. if you get his neck that's one thing but like regular jujitsu like limbs and stuff it doesn't work with limbs and what have you all right let's move on then to some of the fights of the night man was it disappointing and it was Rose Namajunas and Carla Cookie Monster Esparza, both fighters represented by our friend Brian Butler at uh, Sucker Punch. And we know that's tough for him because it's like, ah, I got to kind of dance this in the middle. Yeah. It's, it's like when I used to watch Venus and Serena play the quarterfinals, semifinals of the U.S. Open. 
family yeah. family would would watch from the suite, so they wouldn't be in one of the players' boxes. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Coach hitting partner, coach hitting partner. And the one time that happened U.S. Open in Venus's box it was me and Dave and and Zeb and uh, Chris Tucker. Mm-hmm. The hell did you just say? What the hell did you? Just and say? over in uh, Serena's box, it was like the Kardashians and like uh, Anna Wintour. But like family, yeah. So so for Brian, you got to choose a side though. But but no, you can't because I know the, in you, you got to be neutral. Because in the player box, it's like I'm on this side of the war. But anyways, this fight was disappointing. And I know we're going to get deep into it over at UFCFightPass.com on the Love and the Fighter premium content side. But um, this fight was disappointing. And I know you sitting there as a coach and broadcaster and doing commentary, you're like, I mean, you. I don't want to guess. You tell me. You know what you think they're planning to do. And it's just a case of, well, for Rose, she refused to just try and go and do it. Yeah, well, I don't think she refused. I think she just... I think looking, I mean, she's probably going to justify her behavior afterwards regardless. Right. But I think in deep in her head, she's going to know that she could have did more. Of course. And that's the problem is that she could have did more. But in the moment, I think she she figured she was doing what she needed to do. Enough. Enough. Just enough to not get but taken But what do down. you always say about doing enough and never leaving it to the, never in life, yes. leave it to the judge. See, this is a situation where it's like, all right, you can't leave it. You know, like right. you. You can't be disappointed with the outcome after you fought a fight like that. Mm-hmm. Like you can't be. Like you have to really try to go in there and rip her heart out. And she didn't do that. There's three ways to win a fight. One is by the judges seeing it that you did more. One is by the referee stopping it because they believe that that person can no longer defend themselves. And the third way I like to talk about the most, and that is making someone quit. Tapping, submitting means... I'm done. That's the most convincing way to win a fight. Because the judges might get it wrong, and the referee may have stopped it prematurely. But when someone says, no, 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 you win, tapping means you win. That's the most yeah. decisive way to win a fight. You watch this, and you had the coach's corner of this, and you're listening to Trevor Whitman, but you're hearing Pat as well, and, and you recognize that these guys aren't necessarily on the same I know we're going to get deeper into that on Fight Pass, but they're not necessarily on the same page. Yeah, they weren't on the same page. And I think it was confusing, but I think for her... The fact that she trained a certain way to not get taken down, I think she was just happy with that. And, I mean, and I get it, too. Like, I understand how how she probably felt, but it's not enough. And when people, when young fighters come to me and ask me to fight, I go, how are you going to win? Like, that's my first thing. How are you going to win the fight? Yeah, what can you do to win a fight? Mm-hmm. If they don't know, then I go, then you can't fight. So if her goal, like, if she didn't have a way to win this fight, like, how did you win this fight? It, it can't be. Well, I didn't get taken down, or right. my defense was great. That's not winning the fight. No, that's How surviving. Yeah, that's surviving. How do you win? Like, what are you doing to win? If you don't know, you're not fighting. Is this one going to get redone? Is no. there going to be a run back no, on this? They, they will never run this back because it was just stylistically yeah, so her, awful. Yeah, and what will happen is that Rose is going to have to take a take a back seat, fight somebody else, work her way, not work her way back because she'll be right there, but. I think they're going to want to get Joanna or Willie Jean against in there. Which is a shame because yeah. this was that moment, that time, that window yeah. for Rose. But good on Cookie Monster because she gets to be and for now. Yeah. Um, you had the line of the night on the broadcast and it caused a UFC legend to text you immediately and tell you it was genius. We'll tell you what that was over on the premium side yeah. at UFCFightPass.com. All right. So let's move along then into the evening to some of the... Good stuff. Your boy Michael Chandler and Tony Ferguson. I mean, when I say Chandler Ferguson, that fight, that end, 
give me one word that sums up exactly what you were thinking in that moment. Wow. I was going to guess it had to be wow. Yeah, just wow. Or, or like, WTF, which is yeah, three yeah, words. Yeah, what the? <laughs> yeah, it really was. It was just like, wow. Like, I couldn't. Unbelievable. No one saw it coming. And I know Chandler explained later, yeah. right? He said later that he wasn't planning on it, but he saw. Do you think he really saw the opportunity? Just put some. I mean, what do you think? Did he? Did he really see an opportunity? I don't Ooh. think. I think he. I don't think he did saw he, the opportunity to get lucky with. Just I think he something just, out there. I think he just put something out there. I think he was just like, he's gone one way. You know, I, he's too far away from me to throw a punch. Right. And I'm just going to throw this kick. And it just happened. <laughs> it just so happened. To be the most perfectly placed kick in the history of the UFC. So when Tony Ferguson is in that place where time does not exist, who do you think, um, like, did you think like he was talking, like, was his grandfather come to get him? Like, I mean, he's literally unconscious and I'm worried. I'm watching a lot of people but in the arena. They're all screaming and yelling. They're excited. I know. I mean, he was, I don't know who you think he was talking like, do you think someone said like, I mean, he's, he's, he's clearly in the afterlife. Oh yeah. A hundred percent. Do you think a man in a top hat with a curly mustache walked up and said, pleased to meet you. I'm yeah. your great grandfather or something like that. In Spanish though. He said it in Spanish. But in Spanish. Yeah. yeah. El Cucuy. Yeah. Style. But I'm, te- yeah. When he was down, like he was down face first for a while. Yes. For a while. And the whole while, Michael Chandler's doing backflip after backflip after backflip, and I'm yelling at the phone, stop backflipping because I think he's dead. Well, I mean, I think that's why he was doing it, to distract everybody. <laughs> they, 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 were to revive, they were trying to revive Tony Ferguson. So <laughs> Bring out the paddles. To, yeah. Clear. <laughs> so they needed a distraction. Wow. Um, yeah, I was like, stop, please stop backflipping. Yeah. <laughs> Just in case. Something's really wrong here. It felt like it. What, what is next for Tony Ferguson? One of those legends, and we see this happen at the end. And obviously, we're at the end of this story arc. So what is the final chapter? Or did we just see it? No, you know, he still wants to fight. And the UFC are going to give him fights because he's still popular. I think the only type of fights you can give him are are exciting fights. And you have to go outside of the top five. Mm. And you have to go to Nate Diaz. And you have to, you know, pull out some of these older, you know, that can put on these exciting fights. But you can't put him up against the top five guy. And for Michael Chandler, um, boy, did he give a uh, a promo? Did he cut a promo? As they say in wrestling, yeah. cut a promo post fight. Um, he practiced that. He practices them yeah. all the time. Yeah, you could tell because he's like he turns into the character, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, how he speaks yeah, he changes. Yeah, his, his speech changes. He's, his cadence and the way he speaks changes. Notice that. Funny. Yeah. No, he's no longer Michael Chandler. Now he's doing wrestling guy. Yeah. Promo cut guy. Um, it, the Connor thing kind of makes sense, obviously, for a number of reasons. People seem to be into that. But, like, weight-wise, Connor McGregor is so huge now. Um, and you and I have talked about this off the air, and we didn't mention it over on the premium side, but McGregor is a little slower now because he's thicker now, and he's almost too big for his own good, but he likes the way it looks. <laughs> Philip Rowe sent me a video of Connor throwing punches, and I couldn't believe what I was watching. Because you thought it was underwater? <laughs> I thought he was in oil. <laughs> That's not good. Yeah. Is that good? I mean, it was it was bad. Like it was bad. I was just like that kid. He's. I said, man, he's joking. He's got to be joking. Is it because he doesn't have someone telling him this is not where? You, because Conor McGregor wants to be feared, and he likes the big, thick. And, and nature says, I mean, look at a cobra. Look at animals. They make themselves look appear to be bigger, mm-hmm. right? It's Conor McGregor right now. Because last summer we know with that situation that he and I had. That obviously he was at an emotional identity crossroads. There's an identity crisis taking place. He wanted to be wealthy, he wanted to be famous, he wanted to be champion. He became uber wealthy, iconically globally famous, 
became champ champ, but then no one was afraid of him anymore. They started getting beat and no one scared. This, this almost getting huge is to tell him I'm bad. You should be afraid of me too. Look at me. A hundred percent. That's exactly what it is. is No one's afraid of him. So he needed to feel like he needed to put on some size, but, but, but he was doing it before just by knocking people out. Right. Let's just get back to that. So, so, so what exactly they're going to fight this at what weight? 175. I mean, Michael Chandler said we did the post show on ESPN Plus, and Michael Chandler said he'd prefer to fight one, 170 if it was a Connor fight. <laughs> and, and you might Connor want to fight it heavier? And I'm sure, and I'm sure Connor would want to do 170 as well. He would want to. Yeah. Um, boy, you look about, I mean, you think about like quickness and speed, and you say Chandler and Connor, and of course, Connor's got park and finish a fight at any time, and he's still Connor McGregor, but from what we've seen of, you know, Thick Connor. Connor's now spelled C C C O N O R. No kidding. M C C C G R E G O R. Yeah. Um, there seems to be a, a speed and quickness disparity now. Uh, it, like from before to now. And I mean, even in his fluidity, it seemed a bit off. So fluidity's a great word. You should work that in more often. Yeah, I'm gonna try. We, we don't use that enough, fluidity. No. Finally, main event of the evening, Justin Gagey and Charles Oliveira. Oliveira, has, he's done it. He's gone through, if you will, murderer's row or what have you. He's taken on all legitimate comers. He is one of the greats. You're going to, on the premium side over at UFC Fight Pass, decide whether or not he belongs on the Mount Rushmore, which means there's just four spots. You're going to decide that over there. Yeah, I'll tell you. But, but let's talk about here, uh, Oliveira, and what surprised you. Um, because this was, you know, he wasn't a huge favorite. He did miss weight. It's a little strange. You haven't talked about that. Give us a little insight on missing weight because you're not exactly sure that that's on the up and up. Yeah, and I've heard from a couple multiple from from multiple sources. Yeah, that they saw him make weight the day before. That's bizarre. Yeah, that they saw so him then make how do you, weight. Then how do you miss the next well, morning? You know, for me, I think it's it wasn't on the same exact scale. Like, uh, the scales are supposed to be calibrated to right. be the same, but it wasn't the same scale. Right. So one of the scales was off. And when he came in and weighed in the first time and was over, then he went back for an hour and came back an hour at the same weight, to me, again, like, he looked legitimately surprised. But what really stuck out to me that surprised me the most was his desire and his will, his will to consider himself still being the champion. He said, there's a champ, his name's Charles Oliveira, that he never took his eyes off the prize, and he fought like that. And again, it's a situation where no matter what happens, you can't leave the champ. Right. No matter what happens. He can if he beats you, but you can't. To still keep that, and and with all the distraction of the weight in that, that says a lot about who this guy is and what his focus is. And to fight the way he fought, and to take chances the way he took, like he got dropped. Yeah. Like you would think that he'd be maybe be a little bit cautious because he's like, all right, I can't lose. But he fought. Mm-hmm. Like he was st- still the champ. Yeah. He's got a different mentality. And people yeah, are just yeah. learning that now. Yeah. Why was he not appreciated as much along the way? Because he didn't have that huge personality? Well, no, I think really what it was before is he may not have owned his offense the way he owns it today. Okay. So before, like he was he was always good, but I think he was holding back a little bit. But now I think he has so much confidence in his ability to hurt people that now he's like, all right, I can get hurt, but I know I'm going to hurt you. You say that there's a key that others don't realize that others don't see about him. Something that he does shows consistently, and that's why he's so successful. And you want other fighters to go, hey, I need to emulate that. That answer is over at UFC Fight Pass, where you can subscribe and hear the premium content as well. Um, you want to run this back again next week? Do another one? Man, let's do it. We got time. Okay. Yes, we absolutely do. For Dean Thomas 
aka fighter, brother love, Jada the C, lover. Well, brother love kind of explains itself, saying, Thanks for listening. We will catch you next time for the Lover and the Fighter podcast.